You're listening to the Superpod HeroCast, a Night Shift radio production. Mmm. Paint me like one of your French girls, Jack. Would rather spend the next 90-ish minutes talking about Titanic. Uh, Well, that's hard past me because I don't think Titanic is a great movie. It's not. And I'm recording. In, yeah, it's not in the top five of James Cameron's movies. That's for sure. Yeah, I I mean, impressive. I did just rewatch Aliens. Fuck, that movie's so good. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It is the best movie about the Vietnam War that's not about the Vietnam War. <laughs> well, famously, when uh, I'm a big Robert Heinlein fan, uh, and his novel Starship Troopers is incredible. And yep. when <laughs> the movie, the movie, meh. which is not, but at one point, um, when they were talking about it and, you know, at various points in the pre-production process, you know, this, this property is being talked about. And apparently someone asked James Cameron if he would be interested in directing Starship Troopers. And he said, I already did. It was uh, it's aliens. called aliens. Yeah. And which is like <laughs> slow crap, which it's not, but, it, but like his movie's far better than the movie yeah. Starship Troopers. <laughs> Oof. I mean, I think when you get Bob Verhoeven involved, like <laughs> he's such a satirical man, it makes it hard to do what the book Star Trek Troopers actually yeah, is. Agree. I'll, if I'm going to watch a Paul Verhoeven movie, it's going to be RoboCop. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm good with that. Yeah. Dead or alive, you're coming you're with me. Coming with me. All right. Oh, it sounded almost Arnold. Yours did. Yeah. Yeah. It sure did. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, little. Yeah. Like. Oh, yours <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hello. And welcome to the Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 132. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And, and we, we watched, watched My Super Ex-Girlfriend. Happy birthday, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> this is your birthday pick. Um, I, I want to point out, yeah. Yeah, I did not ask for what um, what episode number it was, and I didn't even hesitate. I'm like, I'm fucking going for it. I, if, if this was a video medium, our audience would have seen me just amazed and impressed that you got it. You totally got it. Got it in one. Uh, you know, peeking behind the curtain, sometimes mm. I will whisper to you the episode number before our intro. It's this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but Not even whisper. Like, we'll just be talking, setting up, and you're like, it's episode this. I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, that's what buddies do. That's what buddies do. Yeah. You know what else buddies My scatterbrain. do? My scatterbrain. They have fun on their birthdays. They just, they just enjoy a lighthearted, comedic romp. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This is a lighthearted comedic romp. Yes. First, happy birthday again. <laughs> I did not like this movie. I, I feel not horrible. For the pl- oh, no. Not for the plot. I like the plot. Yep. I didn't like the execution. Okay. 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 Like, oof. Like, uh, I wanted to save it for the end, but I'll just say now yeah. if the meteor that gave her her powers oh, you're going was, to that also, level. Okay. <laughs> was also the thing that made her. Air quotes crazy. Sure. I'm like, okay, like when she, at the end, when they, well, everyone touched, when it drains her of her powers, she'd be like, oh my God, I've not been in, you know, control, da da da. And then, like, when they all got the powers back because it got split between the two of them, the crazy goes away. Uh-huh. Like, 
oh, we're splitting the power, so it's easier to do blah, blah, blah. But nope, they're just like, no, women be crazy. And I was like, fuck. Well. No, thank you. Listen, so here's my response to that. And uh, it, so are is this movie saying that all women are crazy, or are they saying that Jenny is, you know, quote, unquote, crazy, right? Possessive, insecure, um, you know. But she didn't seem that beforehand. I, well, I mean, before she started dating, before they started like really dating, or no, when the flashback, like she was, well, she was a high school, she was a little high school, right? And she also chased the fucking meteorite. I'm like, hey, yeah, don't do that because um, <laughs> this will now be the third time in this podcast that chasing a meteorite has ended badly. <laughs> Chase uh, the one with the the kids in the Chronicle, Chronicle, right? Uh, chasing a meteor, 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 meteor man. That doesn't end badly, does it? Bingo. Oh, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, Bill. Co- we had to watch Bill Cosby on oh, screen. That's bad enough. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. Listen, you know what though? We're I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We are. I mean, since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? This beer comes to us from a a New York State brewery, a central New York brewery, right in our backyard, practically. Mm. We drank their beer before with one of the Fantastic Four movies, uh, The Human Torch Was Denied a Bank Loan. We are drinking Myers Creek Brewing Company, which is based out of uh, Casanova, New York. Very close mm. to us. Very. Their tagline is, they're a team of beer lovers who's committed to finding what's next for local craft beer. Some of their values, approachability and creativity, beer to enjoy wherever life takes you, whether it be on your mm-hmm. front porch or on the forefront of your next adventure. Yeah. And dreaming large, but staying local. Not just what's next for beer, what's next for our community. A place to gather Ooh. and celebrate what's next for our upstate New York region. I dig that. Nice. So this is, at its heart, a love story. It is. And, you know, ish. a love, a, a relationship really takes two. And playing off that theme, our beer is their fruited sour. It takes blue to mango, which is a fruited sour with mango, vanilla, and blueberry. Six and a half percent alcohol by volume. I have had this before. It's a good beer. Brag. And uh, wasn't afraid to drink it uh, tonight. So let's pour this beer. I am pouring it as we speak. I've, I'm pretty confident I can say this. I like fruited sours okay. more than just regular sours because they become tart. Sure. Not just sour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great smelling beer. Oh, yeah. Well, with that, cheers, cheers my friend. I like fruited sours. Oh, that's oh, that's so fucking good. Yeah. 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 I thought oh. you might like this one. Yeah. This is a crushable beer. What was the ABV? Six and a half percent or... alcohol by volume. Doesn't matter. We're recording remotely. That's right. I'm just gonna mosey on over to my bed after we're done here. And <laughs> that's right. That's right. Who gives a fuck? Oh, very happy with that choice. So, okay. yeah, good choice. Happy birthday. This is a good birthday beer. This yeah. would be something to enjoy. So, everyone in the greater uh, Syracuse area, head on over to branching out. Chris and Joel, I apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, and and get this. Yes. And uh, drink along with us. Yeah. We'll wait while you pour. Go ahead. They're back from vacation. Okay. Well, hey, you in the back. Careful. <laughs> Don't pour so heavy. That's right. Go easy.
And all right. All right. So uh, no almost cast. So okay. birthday boy, you have the floor. All right. So this uh, the writer for this movie is Don Payne. He's a writer, producer. Mm-hmm. He does a r- lot of writing for TV shows, including The Simpsons. Um, yeah. He also wrote Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, <laughs> Thor, and Thor, The Dark World. Mixed bag there. But didn't they have like a handful of writers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it did. I, and actually, I think he got a. I think he got the story by credit on that instead of screenplay. So, yeah, definitely. You know, iterations upon iterations. Um, the, okay. the the big name here attached though is is the director. The of course the very famous Ivan Reitman, who is mm. responsible for so many of the comedies of my childhood. I mean, it's you know. <laughs> Stripes, Ghostbusters, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, um, you know, produced Animal House. He produced Heavy Metal, which is a movie I love. Space, the first Space Jam, Private Parts. I, I think he's just an incredibly brilliant comedic, or, or I guess was an incredibly no, comedic it, yeah, filmmaker. Was, yeah. And his uh, son took over the Ghostbusters franchise. That's right. That's right. Did a good, good, uh, good job with Afterlife. I am. Going on record now and saying I'm I'm very nervous for Frozen Empire. I am getting Ghostbusters two vibes. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. So Jason Reitman, come on, don't don't let us down. To the point where there's something. Someone I saw a thing. A new trailer came out and someone like screenshotted a part of it. Like Ghostbusters two is canon. I'm like, do we want it to be canon? <laughs> I was fine with the first one just being like, yeah, this thing happened in the eighties in New York. <laughs> like we don't. Right. If pink, if pink slime shows up in frozen empire, I'm going to be yeah. so scared. <laughs> uh, hey, oh, I didn't know that. Um, do you remember in 2020 during COVID there was a fundraiser for um, world central kitchen. It was, uh, the uh, it was a basically a an, a streaming production of the Princess Bride. That, mm-hmm. Do you remember? Uh, he directed that. Jason, yeah, Jason it was everyone. It was a everybody filming in their respective places, and yeah. they would just do a, like a scene or two. Like Pedro Pascal is in it, and uh, Carl Reiner does. Um, the last oh, scene. Oh, right. His- I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I was thinking of there was a fundraiser for Act Blue that was most of the original cast, all like re- that was a different. That thing. was a different. Thing. I've, I watched that too. Yeah, right. That was amazing. Oh, this that one was funny. Oh, that was so funny. There was some. You can find it on. It was on CISO. Rest in peace. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, but you can find it on like uh, YouTube. The whole thing. And I, I highly recommend searching out because it's just everybody showed up to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, oh, we got nothing. A, we got nothing better to do. Yep. B, we all love the Princess Bride. And C, let's take half a day. Paul Rudd's in it. Like, it, yeah. It, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for it. It is shocking. Like, so <laughs> just taking Wesley, here are some of the performers. Who per, who perform as Wesley throughout the event? Chris Pine, Common, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell, Neil Patrick Harris, Sophie Turner, David Spade, John Hamm, Caitlin Deaver, Brandon Routh, Courtney Ford, Tommy Dewey, Taika Waititi, Christopher Mintz Plas, Jack Black, Lucas Hedges, Paul Rudd, and Carrie Elwes. In the wait a minute, Courtney Ford and 
Brandon Routh both play? Uh, they both they both perform as as Wesley. Courtney Ford is uh, Brandon Routh's wife. Oh, that's so funny! Yeah, that's fucking hysterical. That thing was she an was, hour long. You, is that correct? I, it must be. Yeah, I'm seeing. I think they caught a lot of it. Yeah, I'm seeing. Uh, if this is right, so I went on YouTube, the Princess Bride home movie full, an hour and seven minutes. Holy cow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the last scene is Rob Reiner. Yeah, yeah. Be in bed like, Grandpa, do you think you can come tomorrow? And it's Carl oh, right, saying, as sweet. you wish. And he filmed it like days before he died. Oh, and it's just like, oh, God oh, damn it. Heartbreaking. Last thing he got. Well, it's heartbreaking, but also like the last thing he did was with his son. Yeah. Well, that's right. pretty. That's kind of fucking that's beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Little tangent there on uh, Jason Reitman's career. All right. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, All right. Now you did share. I, we can talk about it or not. You said your your, your memories of Ivan Reitman have been well, specifically sullied. in this movie. So I was going to wait until we got into it. Um, I find it very interesting that the Wander Sykes character is so obsessed with no sexual harassment because in that scene where she accuses Luke Wilson of uh, looking at Anna Ferris's butt, yeah. there is a story Anna Ferris shared it on one podcast and then called out Ivan Reitman that when she was up on that ladder, Ivan walked by and slapped her ass so hard. Oh, no. That the only thing she could do was giggle with embarrassment, and the entire crew laughed. Oh, that's oh, that's pretty that's gross. So distasteful. Yeah, yeah, it's Just it's pretty hand- gross. Like it, you know, it's kindergarten rules, right? Like keep your hands to yourself. Uh, unless you are intimate with that person, do not touch intimate parts of their body. Yeah. Oh, that's it's horrible. pretty fucking simple. Like I I genuinely don't get why that is so hard for people to do. If you haven't touched their intimate parts in a in a private setting, don't touch them in a public setting. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, right? Like it's <laughs> uh, all right. So it's not even kindergarten rules. It's like yeah. All right, all right. Well, listen, that's uh, I mean, it's part of. It's uh, unfortunate, you know. Yep, yep. Was Ivan Reitman the one? No, who was the one that went down for the whole fiasco with um, Twilight Zone? Was that Ivan Reitman? No. I, I mean, he didn't go down because it didn't stop his career. That was um, uh, Trading Places. Uh, yeah. He he apparently is known to have bragged about. John Hughes. John, no, not John Hughes. No, not John, not John Hughes. Um, John Landis. John Landis. Yeah, yep. about him, like, I don't know, shutting up Eddie Murphy or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, you know. He killed three people, yeah, because of safety stuff. And his son's a fucking monster. So. That we know, yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Hopefully, Jason. Uh, hopefully, Jason uh, stays on the right side of morality. Look, there, that is the only story I've heard that is bad about Ivan Reitman, except for the funny thing that nobody knew their head was getting shaved for stripes. I'm sorry, what? Nobody knew their head was actually going to be shaved for stripes. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's so, so their reactions of getting their head shaved is 100% their genuine <laughs> reaction to it. Oh my god, that's awesome. Including John Candy just holding all of his hair walking out of the thing. He's like, beautiful hair. <laughs> I wonder what they thought was going to happen. Like if they were going to get like bald wigs or if they're just going to get like hair I cuts do- or something. 
I don't know. I but if you notice, who doesn't get their head shaved? Uh, it's got to be Peter or um Bill Murray, right? Like Bill Murray and Ramus. And Ramus, because <clears throat> yeah. All right, you don't fuck with them. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, Ivan Reitman's a bit the big name there directing. Um, yeah. The money, because that uh, things don't happen here. Uh, this this movie's two, a 2006 release. It gets made for 30 million dollars. It does 61 million at the box office. So, you know, not a not a you know a commercial hit. Certainly not a home run. Not a home run. <laughs> um, and I think you know probably it was also released some mixed reviews. So probably one of the reasons that you know, if I remember correctly, it wasn't also before. released at a really weird time, wasn't it? Like. Uh, it was July Jan- oh, it July was twenty first, two thousand six. Oh you know? wow. This was they were going hard with yeah. this. And it finished number Fox seven wanted this to be a big thing. at the box office on release. Yeah. 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 I remember seeing the trailers for this and being like, Nope. I I can't remember if I saw this in theaters. If I didn't, I certainly saw it as soon as it was available on you know, at home. Um, and I had fond memories of it, you know, watching it with a critical eye. There's certainly things I see and we'll talk about it. But um, mm-hmm. for me, this is the perfect example of this genre we love. Doesn't always have to be epic, sweeping, serious, somber. This one's just silly and, and in my opinion, fun. Um, yeah. Um, I, it was fun. I it just, oh, man. When she started trying to straight up murder him i was just like she doesn't have the moral high ground let's say that (laughs) yeah um there is one last thing i want to talk about in terms of production because i think it'll make our conversation easier so one of the stuff that's what the beer was for yeah yeah uh one of the stars of the of the movie is uh, is eddie izzard and i can say eddie izzard but let's talk for a second so eddie izzard identifies as gender fluid uh, she sure does. Eddie uses, she prefers the pronouns she, her. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was a pri- There was an earlier time where um, she said she used the term transgender as an umbrella term, and that she would express a preference for pronouns depending on how she was presenting, either he, him, or she, her. So mm-hmm. since 2020, she has expressed the desire to use she, her pronouns. Uh, March of 23, she said she would prefer to be called. Susie Eddie Izzard, but that people could call her and she would continue to use Eddie Izzard, as that's really right. been her professional <clears throat> name. Yep, we don't want to. We don't want to use a dead name. Nope, so, for sure. So that's so entirely not, yeah. with, with her. Um, you know, her uh, blessing. Um, we'll do our best to use she/her pronouns um, in the name Eddie Izzard, um, but obviously sometimes we make mistakes, and uh, if we do, we apologize. And also. Much like with um, uh, Elliot Page, uh-huh. when we talk about the character Shadow Cat in X-Men, that is a female-identifying character. Sure. In this movie, Professor Bedlam is a male-identifying character. If we're talking about the character's choices, mm-hmm. he, him. If we're talking about something that Eddie Izzard herself did, she, her. That's a great point. We're doing our best. Like, we're we're here to respect. We're not... We're definitely not... Um, it's it's funny. I was I'm going down the rabbit hole of old ER episodes because mm-hmm. it's all on Max. Yep. Do you remember the episode where Carter and Benton are helping a a woman who like 
hit a guardrail on a bridge and bonked her head and was bleeding. And then they find out that she is male at birth. Yep. And, you know, Benton right away is like, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I prefer Mrs. And, like, he gets all weirded out. And, yeah, yeah. like, Carter can't look her in the eyes the rest of the episode. And then she ends up, unfortunately, uh, killing herself at the end of the episode. Like, she hit the guardrail because she was trying to uh, kill herself yep. then. Do you remember this episode I, at all? Uh, you know, it, it sounds vaguely familiar. It is season one. It is like season episode like five wow. or six. I was like, holy shit. They were swinging for the fucking fences. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean. Going for it. You know, it, back to um, the back to Shadow Cat and, you know, Al, Elliot Page portraying that. Mm-hmm. You know, way back in 1982, uh, Linda Hunt, a, a cisgender woman, won an Oscar Best Supporting Actress for playing a male character, the male character Billy Kwan in The Year of Living Dangerously. Right. So, right. yeah, you know, actors play roles, and sometimes those roles align with their gender identities or sexualities. Sometimes they don't. So um, neither of us are transphobes. I think no. both of us have <laughs> good intent, but we're human, and sometimes we make mistakes. So we're going to do our best to use the correct terminology, um, but yeah. there's no there's no ill intent behind a mistake. 100%. All right. Okay. I think with, with that caveat, I think we can roll that film. Unlike the, uh, what did I just, what did I just edit? Was that Dick Tracy? No. No. <laughs> yeah, it was Dick Tracy. Was it Dick Tracy? Oh my God. Yeah. Like we were just chatting and chatting and it's like 40 minutes. We're like, oh, hey, maybe we should talk about the movie. I think because we got into some really good discussion, I'm, oh, yeah. I just QA'd the episode. I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It, it, again, I think it, it, there was nothing that had to go. It was just funny that that was one of those episodes that eventually we got to the movie. So. <laughs> um, Todd, I see here, before you start talking, you've got your first note, so please. Yes. And then I think actually I'm reading this, so. You sure are, buddy. Yeah. Um, actually, I so I, my thought was, you know, I wanted to kind of share that context around Eddie Izzard. Um, mm-hmm. Is it Izzard or Izzard? Izzard. Izzard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've done that, so we've addressed that. But after foiling a purse snatcher who steals Jenny Johnson's purse. I fucking love the moment where she says her name to Luke Wilson, to Matt. Matt Saunders. Jenny Johnson. Jenny Johnson. Wonderful name. You got the whole alliteration thing going. Good job. Yeah. Like, knowing your superheroes. That's right. That's right. Such a powerful uh, trope. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, after foiling a purse snatcher who steals Jenny Johnson's purse on the subway, Matthew Saunders becomes her, quote, hero and starts mm-hmm. dating Jenny. First of all, I think we can both agree that we need much more Rain Wilson in movies, not even compared to what not we're even getting fucking mentioned in this uh, uh, synopsis at all. Ugh. Maybe because he's a degenerate piece of shit in this movie, right? And like at least, at least with with this is like proto Dwight, yeah, but less sex driven and actually cares about people. This guy is a sociopath. You mean, Dwight is less sex driven and actually cares about people. Yes, less this guy. Sex, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, this guy's just a oh my god! I like when Luke Wilson later in the film when he's like you know you should have sex with her a couple more times then break up with her mm-hmm. when they're in the gym. Yeah, he's like I don't understand. Like I wanted to be like why are we friends? 
You yeah. don't work in the same. It's not like we're office <laughs> buddies that I'm stuck with. I want you out of my life. You, you know, I think Vaughn. Um, of course it's Vaughn. Of course it's Vaughn. Uh, I, I think Vaughn is good evidence to support my theory that this is not a misogynistic movie. The fact mm-hmm. that there's one character who, you know, is slightly unhinged and acts mm. poorly. It's a, like there's a there's there's a rotten male character as well, and I and I think that's supposed to show us these are individuals. These are not representative of the entire gender. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I'm I'm good with that. Um. So they go on the state. Yep. Building catches on fire. Yep. <sighs> that building. Yeah. Seventy third Broadway. Yep. That's where AMDA is. No way. Is That's it? the Ansonia building. No. It's a fucking, like, you see the seven, it, it's, it's been in a bunch of shit um, in Die Hard with a Vengeance when they are solving the, as I was going to St. Ives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That subway station, the green overhang one yeah, yeah. Is, is there. Grace Papaya, <laughs> if you're looking, if you oh. come out of the subway station, it's to the right. Ansonia <laughs> building is this way to the left. I ate Many a fucking hot dog from Grace Papaya because it was two hot dogs and a mango drink for a dollar. <laughs> That's a set piece in Fool's Rush In, an underrated movie with Selma Hayek and oh. Matt, uh, Matt Hugh Perry. Yeah. <sighs> Rest in peace, Maddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the bit where the uh, the mugger stops running. That's right. You better run, asshole. Keep running, my man. You don't want any of this. Keep running. Yeah. Picks up the pipe and starts coming towards him. What did you call me? Oh, shit. And then he bastions his way out of the situation. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, you know, I think Reitman tells us right from the beginning the kind of movie it's going to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, Luke Wilson is one of my favorite everyman performers. He it, is. His hair length drives me up the fucking wall. <laughs> of course it does. It is. <laughs> It is short, and then it is long, and then it is short again, and then like he's got a flop top at the end of the film in uh, up on the rooftop after a day has gone by when he goes to give her the flowers at the at her art gallery. Hey, kid, it ain't that kind of movie. If people are looking at your hair, we're all in big trouble. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Hamill, for doing your wonderful uh, Harrison Ford impression. Because my next note, yes, is when Johnny comes back. Yeah, from the air quotes bathroom from saving, uh, you know, putting out the fire. Sure, she comes in. You can see the the smudge of soot on her chin. Yep, she sits down. It's at a different spot on her chin. <laughs> Luke Wilson notices it from his POV camera. It's in a different spot, <laughs> and then when he points it out, and it's a full on like uh, uh, not an extreme close up, but like a close up on her. It's yeah. in a different spot. <laughs> I picked up on none of those. This is someone's job. (laughs) Sure. It is someone's job to keep continuity in a movie. Have you ever been shitty at your job, Casey? Not this shitty. Well, okay. I have been. I know I've been. Also, we're going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil a (gasps) 25-year-old movie right now. What? Fight Club. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay. All right. When they're in the car and Tyler lets go of the wheel and they crash, Jack pulls Tyler out of the passenger seat. Okay. Even though Tyler's driving the car. Why oh. is that? Oh, that's because he is his imaginary it's, friend. Right. They're the same person. Yeah. The the editors went to Finchner and said, hey, you've got a major continuity problem in your movie. Uh, Brad Pitt is driving the car and then he's pulled. And all Finchner wrote back was, 
please finish the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I shot what I shot. (laughs) I shot it on purpose. But it's one of those genius things that makes Finchner, like, when you hear about the 15 takes and all that stuff, I'm like, ah, I would never want to be, I, I would want to be in one of his movies, but right. <laughs> I would never want to be in that situation. But if that's the level of detail you get from him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. I'm okay. Like, I, I can't remember who was, I, can't, I was listening to some interview and they were talking about it. He's like, yeah, the first like four takes, Fincher's not looking at you or your performance. He's looking at like a, 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 a tree in the background yeah. to make sure it fits in the scene. I'm like. I mean, you wow. could do that with their stand-in. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main actor doesn't have to be there for that shit. You know, I am fascinated by the difference between, and again, I, we've we briefly touched on this before, but the difference between the director and the editor, mm-hmm. sometimes the same person, often not. But I think of like Quentin Tarantino, uh, yeah. What his longtime editor, is it Sally? Sally, uh, yeah. Sally Menke. Every movie until she passed, inevitably there's shots in the in the production where the performers would turn to camera and say, Hi Sally, right? Like, you know, specifically. But I think of Quentin Tarantino, who is a a movie lover's director, right? Like yeah. he lives movies and yet he doesn't edit his own movies. That is mind boggling to me. So I'm I so think curious. Because editing yeah, is such a maddening <laughs> on the level that we do it here on this podcast. Sure. There are times where you're just like, fuck everything, fuck it, fuck it all, <laughs> just whatever. Like, yep. And we have a very small audience. Hello, audience. Thank you for sticking around all these years. <laughs> there are literally dozens of them. Yes. Um, but <laughs> like if you are editing a movie where there yeah. are millions of dollars behind it, that's a stress level I'm not here for. Right, like that's I, fair. Yeah, that's like fair. In in my fantasy world, being an actor in Hollywood would probably, you know, be stressful. But sure. in the end, I think I would fall in the category of like Brian Cranston. Like we're paid to pretend to be other people. There's sure. no, there's no, cra- there's there's craft. There's like stuff you've got to know how to how to work a camera and and be able to do that, but. I'm. Uh, I have never been a uh, behind the method. Yeah, it's uh, so fucking stupid. There's a funny bit. I'm a huge fan of Don Rickles. Um, yes. Uh, and you know, obviously, anyone he's ever met, right? He takes apart. Um, one of his many ones was it maybe when I'm not even gonna try to remember which time it was, but he's but he's talking about De Niro, and you know. <laughs> And yeah. he and he and he makes some cracks about method, right? He's like, "Yeah, shut up and say the lines. Let's go home. Come on." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and there's a thing I, I just saw. I don't know why it ended up in my Instagram reel uh, algorithm, but it was Don Rickles, uh-huh. and he's at some award show and he's talking to Julia Roberts. He's like, "Julia, honey, you know, we lived a couple couple houses away from each other. You know, never never got an invitation." <laughs> and she like yelled, and she's like, "We did." And then like he starts doing his bit. <laughs> And she's like, well, it's, it's, you know, it's only like three. And she's like, he's like, Julia, sweetheart, you have no more lines. You have no lines here. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's just completely out of love and respect. Like if you're not insulted by Don Rickles, I feel like he doesn't like you. 
Yeah, I, I think like it was the great equalizer, right? Like he he took everybody apart. Uh, mm-hmm. I just saw the clip. Uh, maybe it was on Reels or something. I was you know doom scrolling before I finally hauled myself to bed last night. But the bit way back, way back when Carson was still on the Tonight Show, and across, literally across the hall, the studio across the hall, uh, Rickles is filming uh, CPO Sharky, his his mm, naval mm-hmm. TV show. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Rickles like. The prior night or a couple nights earlier had filled in for Johnny, and while he was doing a bit, he broke Johnny's cigar box on the desk. Oh my and, god! And so they see they, they do this, and then they you know they so they show that, and then they show like the next night or whatever when Carson comes back and picks up his thing. He's like, "What? What the hell?" He's like, "I've had this for nine years. I brought this with me to California when I came." And uh, what's his name? Doc from the band is like, yeah. oh yeah, Rickles broke it. Yeah, he was doing a bit and it wasn't getting a laugh. So, you know, he went crazy and he broke it. Johnny takes a mic takes a mic with the super long cord, right? Sure. And he goes across the hallway into Rickles studio while they're filming. And it's one of the funniest bits I've ever seen. I've and never seen this. I'm gonna have to look this up. It's it's so good because Clearly, you know, Rickles goes on the Tonight Show, he's ready. Right now, even with his style of improv, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, he's prepared for it. Carson coming onto his set while they're taping his TV show. And he's in a and, completely different headspace. But, yeah. But then immediately like it takes him like three seconds to find his footing. And then of course it's a hilarious bit. Oh, okay. And, I'm gonna yeah, it's that worth up. yeah, you will not you will not be upset. But fucking Doc Severin <laughs> ratting out Nick Rickles. Like you know that Doc knows like who's buttering his bread, right? Like, like you're like, not gonna fuck with Johnny. Like you're not fucking with Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Carson did a lot for the entertainment industry and did a lot for Stan of comedians specifically. Yeah, yeah. But Johnny Carson was also kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, not, 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 not like a misogynistic or anything, just a dick. Like, like knew what he wanted, and if he didn't get it, you felt the wrath of Johnny. I mean, is it fair to say he was one of the biggest people in entertainment in oh, the yeah. world? Right? Yeah. Like, Because it and wasn't like it. cable where there's a thousand outlets, right? There's, there's three channels... Cable, he, when he was at his height, was a, a fledgling thing. Cable wasn't a thing at his height. I mean, like, I mean, later, later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's pre-cable. And he's pre-cable, but still, even, like, at most, I mean, I, I fucking remember watching when he left The Tonight Show and being like, this is, this is something. Like, I didn't quite get it, because what was that, 92? 92? Uh, I'm trying to remember when... Are you old enough to remember when would have been late 80s, early 90s? 90, Do you May remember when? 22nd, 1992. God bless my weird little brain. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm uh, talking about something else. Sorry. Yeah, it's very no. related. But yep. in that time frame, do you remember when TV stations would stop broadcasting at mm-hmm. you know, midnight? Show the or, American flag and yeah. And play the national anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that the drunks would go, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. If you try Googling that, it seems to be, you can't get an exact time frame, but people are saying the late 80s or early 90s. What? When they stopped stopping their broadcast at night, when they switched to a 24-hour format, 24-hour broadcasting. Uh, 
Yeah, I'd say mid to late eighties. Uh, I, you know, when I mean, Fox... I definitely remember. I definitely remember a couple times being awake. You know, for th- for crazy things after midnight mass on Christmas Eve or whatever. And orgies, sure, sure, sure. As you do, yeah. as you do, as you do. Um, yeah. I remember. It always makes me think of Gremlins too. When uh, the wonderful shit, I just forgot his name, John Glover. There it is, the wonderful John Glover playing Clamp. Um, in the name of his character, I think it's Eric Clamp. Oh, but John he, Glover. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But he's playing Donald Trump. Um, he's fully said that he's just playing Donald Trump. He's not doing you know, Daniel not doing Clamp. The, yeah, Daniel, Daniel Clamp. Clamp. He's not doing the voice or anything because Trump it's hadn't really energy. entered entered that area. But when the Gremlins take over his building, he's like, I thought this would never run. Maybe it will. Now. Because of the end of civilization, the Clamp Cable Network now leaves the air. We hope you have enjoyed our programming. But more importantly, we hope you have enjoyed life. It's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, yes, sir. It's very uplifting. Gremlins 2 is a move. I think we need to do Gremlins and Gremlins 2 on this podcast, just for bonus shit. Because Gremlins 2 actually like tries to be a serious movie. Yeah, yeah. And does a really good job of it. And I used to hate Gremlins 2 uh-huh. until I heard that Joe Dante, who directed Gremlins 1, <laughs> right. Warner Brothers begged him to make a sequel. And he's like, all right, but I'm going to make it my way. And he just went to make the most screwball, crazy-ass movie. And Warner Brothers just had to sit there and fucking eat crow. And I'm like, <laughs> I and, love Gremlins 2 now. <laughs> you know, I wonder, though, if... if- if stories like that are that are those the reasons why we get these shitty movies that are clearly assembled by a business committee, committee right? Like yeah. the studio giving notes and telling them they need to go in different directions because they got burned by things like that. So I laugh at that, but does that get us to this place where you know sometimes the studio is running the creative choices? Where the dipshit in charge of Warner Brothers keeps uh, canceling movies so he can get the insurance money on it? Yes, probably. Again, there's no insurance for that. There's no Not insurance. insurance. I, it's called no. something else. We talked about it already. The right, the, I, everything they spent is a. You know, you can stop spending money. You're not going to get money because you're not going to release it. But everything you've spent is a business expense. It reduces your, you know, tax liability. But yeah, I think we need to research that more because I remember specifically that as long as Batgirl didn't get released, he got the money. I, Which is so, why the directors tried to go on and pull a Zack Snyder and start releasing yeah. stuff, and off the server, it was just gone. Like just deleted, I believe yeah. Batgirl has been deleted. Forever, and I'm just like, that's so fucking asinine. I'm not aware of any insurance policy that would allow... Not, I might be using the wrong word no, with insurance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there could be some weird vehicle like Lloyd's of London or something, but it would just be so counter to the concept of, like, risk, like, insurance, right? Like, you... You pay a little so you don't experience a big loss, but it's it's got to be something out of your control. Yeah. Okay. All right. Boy, boy, Hang we on. went down a rabbit hole there. All right. Let's pull us oh, ourselves yeah, back you're, here. You're absolutely right. So it was a $90 million film. It was written off during a financial shakeup. So, it was, so he took a write-off on it. Okay. So that means, hey, we've spent $90 million. We would – and here's – I mean, here's the fair piece, right? We've heard that the marketing distribution cost can be another twice the production budget. 
So mm-hmm. for them to have gotten into theaters, they would have had to spend another hundred eighty million. Say, well, this was originally supposed to be just a Max movie, and then they Ooh. moved it to being a theatrical release, okay. much like Blue Beetle. Got it. And then David Zasla came in and was just like, eh, "We're just going to cancel it." Yeah. So, I mean, I would have seen it. I would have seen it. Listen, I, I fucking love. Oh uh, shit! What's her name? The Supergirl? No, 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 no. Uh, oh. Leslie Grace, who plays Batgirl. Oh, she was in, yeah, in yeah. the Heights. Yep. Was her other big thing. She's fucking phenomenal. I was very excited when she was cast as Batgirl. Yeah. And yeah. everything that I saw coming out of that movie, I'm like, oh my God, this movie's going to be a fuck. Brendan Fraser was in it. Yeah. He, and he spoke very highly of her performance, if I remember correctly. <sighs> and he spoke very lowly of how the movie got canceled. <laughs> yeah. 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 As well, he should. All right. Anyways. Okay. So we're here to talk about my super ex girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. After several dates, Mm. Jenny displays increasingly neurotic and aggressive behavior, becoming more demanding and ultimately injuring Matt and destroying his bed the first time they have sex. (laughs) I got you a bed or a penis. I would like to, in a non-racist way, just ask the question, is it a good idea to go on your first date to an Indian restaurant if you are... And I'm going to say, if you're not accustomed to eating Indian food, which can include a lot of high fiber foods, as well as a lot of spices that you may not normally eat. Uh, along came Polly answers that question <laughs> for you. That is the question, yes. And it's not answer. a racist thing. It's, it, it, it would be the same thing about maybe going to a Mexican restaurant, like a true sure. Mexican restaurant. You're going to get some spicy shit. If, you're, if your body is not built to do that shit, <laughs> yeah. uh, one of there's the going to be no fun time. <laughs> One of the funniest bits in, is it the change-up with Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman? Never seen it. Oh, so it's a body-switching movie. Yeah, yeah. Jason Bateman, of course, the same is, fountain. Is, the seri- yeah, is the serious family man married to Leslie Mann. Ryan Reynolds is the womanizer. Ryan Reynolds so, is what Ryan Reynolds plays in 90% of the movies. He's right. In, yeah. <laughs> There's a hilarious bit. Leslie Mann, underrated, like... Oh, is this the scene where she has horrible diarrhea or something? Yeah. yeah. She's like, uh, maybe not. And then, like, she gets into bed with him and kind of, like, turns her back towards him and starts to, like, scooch over. He goes, whoa, don't come at me, guns hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's And I'm not doing justice to it. It's it's a great movie. I It's it, it, that only 6.3 on IMDb. I'm surprised at that. It's, I think it's funnier than that. Probably a lot of guys had a problem with watching Leslie Mann. Uh, no, Defecate no. like that. No, she's funny. I mean, she she's very is, funny. Oh, yeah. All right. I love the way that she scene is shot. So she's on, you know, woman on top, which I'm a fan of. Um, hey, and as she's like, okay, are you ready? And he's like, okay. And then the trading back and forth of the POV, you know, like, but his reactions as this is oh, very funny. Okay. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> now I, 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 it's the first time or later when he's, Having sex with um, Hannah, uh, is it after Han- when he after he had sex with Hannah? He says, "Oh, that didn't hurt." <laughs> no, no. Um, at the end, when she has oh, superpowers, yeah. oh. I can't remember which one. Where he's like, "Okay, I got it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's that's uh, the that's at the end. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's so funny. Okay, I got it. <laughs> that's a funny bit. It's a funny bit. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So soon after, Jenny reveals to him that she is in fact. The voluptuous blonde superheroine G Girl. Never explained. Little problematic that it's G Girl. 
who receive powers of flight, superhuman strength, speed, heightened senses, invulnerability, super breath, and heat vision. Yep. Uh, after being exposed to radiation from a crashed meteorite as a teenager. Did you get? Did you get? Um, Scott Pilgrim vibes, the whole Ramona and Matthew Patel uh, vibes from the story of Jenny mm-hmm. and her boyfriend. One hundred percent. Yep. 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 Yeah, he's okay. he's definitely an incel. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's a question. That's a question I have later. Is is Barry an incel? Oh, Barry's one hundred percent an incel. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Right down to, I'll save it for when we get to it because. Sure. Uh, Ooh, no, boy. say it now. Listen, we're no, not no, 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 no. I, All right. She becomes more controlling, revealing her powers, and Matt is overwhelmed. I already said my note, so go ahead with yours. Uh, so uh, this is the the sex scene. So this is another great take on asking the question: If superheroes were real, <laughs> and you were going to have sex with a superhero, what does that look like? This is a very comedic take on it. It's a great contrast to the deleted Hancock scene. Mm. When, when I, I tell, tell you to get off, get off. you get off. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Shoots no, sperm no, into the say, stratosphere. Doesn't he have a code word? Is it nope. but, butterflies nope. or giraffe or something? I thought he's... I, nope. I, I'm misremembering that. Right. You are? <laughs> okay. I'm <laughs> saying no, and yet you're... Yeah, I'm me. convinced. I'm convinced, and yet still wrong. Okay, go for yeah. it. It's, oh, amazing no, how, it's, it's amazing how wrong you are right now. It's amazing. Baffling. Baffling. Hannah Lewis, Matt's... Oh, wait. Oh, I just got to say. So, yeah. Anna Ferris, you love pretty, her. He's she's pretty fucking great in this movie. I don't love her. I like her a lot. I don't like the scary movies, mm-hmm. just because they're just silly and dumb. But I, the stuff like this, uh, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get the appeal of Anna Ferris. I used to love her podcast. Yeah, uh, Anna Ferris is unqualified. I remember. Yeah, listened to a few times. It never grabbed me like it did for you. I just love that kind of interview stuff um like that's why i love armchair expert which you you like too i i love armchair it's probably one of my favorite it's easily my top three yeah now anna ferris fills a very similar space that uma thurman does so i'd love to see them together because and i've said this before uma thurman can be in in my opinion incredibly sexy or Mm -hmm. oddly home homely yeah anna ferris can be like incredibly sexy and really off-putting I love her in Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds, where she yeah. <laughs> plays the psycho ex-girlfriend. Um, and her ability to to kind of walk both those worlds is just always uh, so impressive to me. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, I, I really liked her in this movie. Uh, spoiler for the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hannah Lewis, Matt's beautiful co-worker, flirts with him, although she is going out with a handsome but shallow underwear model. I said the thing about oh. it's odd that Wanda Sykes' character Got because it. of the Ivan Reitman thing, but also, um, what what are they doing to Mark Consuelos' hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, so weird. I'm like, is he wearing a wig? What's happening? I um, that could boy, that could be a wig. It certainly do could you be a wig. wear wigs? <laughs> we, do you not yeah. know this? I uh, know Lord, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. So, will yeah, you yeah. wear wigs? <laughs> when will you wear wigs? <laughs> Uh, that just opened. Um, requires it. Yeah. Billy Boyd and um, Dominic Monaghan. Yes. Just opened Rosencrantz and Gilded Stern, our dad, in London. And my God, I hope it comes to Broadway. God. I will fucking go see it. Or at least they film it and release it. Sure, sure, sure. Marion Pippin as Rosencrantz and Gilded Stern. Perfect. Yes, please. Yes. 
I mean, it's basically what they they're are. basically the, the same characters. Yeah. yeah. So they don't die. Right. As their friendship develops further, and after becoming aggravated with Jenny's escalating je- jealousy, Matt ends the relationship. Mm. And enraged Jenny v- vows to make Matt regret it. Mm-hmm. She uses her superpowers to publicly embarrass him, throwing his car into space. So Elon Musk saw this scene and <laughs> once again, like he always does, takes things the wrong way and that that's a great idea. I'm going to shoot my car yeah. into space. <laughs> yes. Fucking yes. dipshit. <laughs> yep. Uh, this eventually uh, and eventually causing him to lose his job as an architect by stripping him naked during an important meeting. You go first. Uh, th- no, th- this was my earlier point about the difference between are all women crazy or is this one woman crazy? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, how in the name of Zeus's butthole does he get <laughs> fired for this? There's a swirl of of wind in the room, and then he is butt-ass naked in a world where we know superheroes exist. Uh, listen, uh, once again, <sighs> Mr. Hamill... As Mr. Ford says it best, right? Oh, no. <laughs> it's I not think, this kind of movie. I think this is Mr. Wade Wilson going, well, that's just lazy writing. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get him fired. Uh, so yeah. why don't we just have him be butt-ass naked? By the way, not Luke Wilson's butt. He used oh, really? A, he used a butt double. He used a butt double. Mm-hmm. His name was Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Tribbiani was Al Pacino's butt double. Yes. Uh, wasn't he also, didn't he also use pastrami or ham Cause he, cause to simulate to, a foreskin? Yeah. Yep, sure did. <laughs> and it falls off. It falls the, off. That has never happened before. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, we can't get into friends. Uh, yeah. We'll be here the rest of the night. Okay. Sure. Uh, Professor Bedlam, played by the wonderful Eddie Izzard, um, was formerly Jenny's high school boyfriend, Barry Lambert. This is, I already said, this is the second appearance of Addie Izzard. She is incredibly funny. I love all of her stand-up. I used to listen to all of her four original big ones, Unrepeatable, Dress to Kill, The Definite Article, and Glorious. used to listen to those on repeat. No kidding. They're so fucking funny. I think it's, uh, it's Dress to Kill, I think. She does in San Francisco. And she is bombing in the beginning and first of all kudos to her for letting that be the one that's released yep and see she fights back and gets the audience back on her wow. side because wow. she's talking about babies on spikes and how babies t- taste of chicken and like the audience like what <laughs> um, he's like god you you freak out easily don't you <laughs> so you said second appearance obviously first appearance the wonderful mystery men mm-hmm. yep yep um, You're a baby I, bowler. Her American accent is pretty fucking spot on. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, she was in a show that I feel like only had one season, and it's old, where she plays the father of a family of travelers. With Benny Driver? Yes. Did you ever see that? No. I wanted to watch it. It was, sure. It's really what good. What the fuck I'm, was that called? Um, why am I doing it on my phone? I have uh, the riches. Yes. Oh, they got two seasons. I take that back. 2007. Yeah. It was an FX show, right? I think so. Yes. Because you can see it on Hulu. So yeah, so it's on Hulu. I'll, I'll check that out. Oh, Noel Fisher was on it too. I Shannon don't know. Wood- Noel F- oh, Noel Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Noel look Fisher. at that kid. 
Oh, and oh, the guy and, who oh. plays the douchiest dude, Greg Henry. Oh, that guy. Oh, no, and, 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 oh how about sh- Todd Stashwish? Who who is that? Todd Stashwick. Oh, you've Stashwick. Todd Stashwick has been he was in the Twelve Monkeys TV series. Didn't watch it. Oh, look, uh, he was on Picard. Shocker that you mentioned oh, him. <laughs> oh my God, he's so good. You don't, you don't understand. He plays Captain Shaw. I don't know who that is. And he nope. But you know the name Shaw from something else we've done on this podcast. Yeah. He hates the Borg. And in the one of his final episodes of Picard, the final season, yeah. he gets his USS Indianapolis speech, but about the Battle of Wolf 359, where the Borg enter our solar system and fuck shit. Not our solar system, but enter our quadrant and fuck yeah. shit up. And tons of Starfleet people died during that. That's when uh, Picard was Lacutus. Oh, okay. And that's All why right. he also hates Picard. Like it, it's it. almost like it's it's almost like Shaw having the conversation with Bruce. It's so got fucking it, got good. It, it. Uh he was also apparently I'm, lo- I'm trying to see what role he was. He was on Justified, which I have watched a number he's of a, times. He's all a the way working through. that guy actor and he's so fucking good in everything he's in. He was on Gotham, he played Black Mask. Yeah, he's been in a ton of shit. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I'm I'm going through his Stuff now, it's pretty. And he, the only problem is Captain Shaw made seven use her dead name. That's bullshit. She goes by seven. He made her go by Annika, which is her name pre being uh, assimilated into the Borg. Fuck uh-huh. you. She's seven. She's Captain Seven. I'm just sitting here waiting for the announcement of Star Trek Legacy with Captain Seven and the Enterprise G. Anytime, Paramount, anytime you want to fucking announce this shit. I'm ready for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so check out The Riches. Uh, I remember I remember really enjoying it. Okay. Folks, these are the kinds of conversations we really have <laughs> at the bar, right? Absolutely. <laughs> this is 100% the way they go. Uh, let's see, who was reading? You or me? Uh, you were? Yes, you were. <laughs> Professor Bedlam, Jenny's former, yep, okay. Professor Bedlam was formerly Jenny's high school boyfriend, Barry Lambert. While he was about to become intimate with her, they were interrupted by a crash of a meteor. So he calls it a meteor here, but in other parts, it's a meteorite. Sure. I am too intoxicated right now to remember the fucking difference, so... Meteor, gonna, meteorite is what lands on Earth, if I remember correctly, and I'm gonna. So that's, once it's in, when it's in, that's right, and when it's in the sky, it's a meteor. Once it's on Earth, it's a meteorite. Okay. Yes. Yep. Uh, so if they're interrupted by the crash of it, is it a meteor or is it a meteorite? If we're talking about it, it's already so on Earth. It's mm. a meteorite, and think of it as the meteorite is the smaller piece of the meteor. So we need someone to make this right on Wikipedia, <laughs> not us. Uh, Barry saw her obtain superpowers and watched her become watched and became embittered as she ignored him for other guys. Something her new charisma made possible. I don't remember her having Gambit's powers, but okay. <laughs> Why does that, Gambit have charisma? Charm is one of his powers. He can it charm. Is not you. is it 100%. really one hundred percent? Absolutely. I only knew the charging per, of the, the telekinetic. Yeah, charge. Huh. Or not telekinetic, uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. We're never going to see Gambit in a fucking TV show or a yeah, movie. That's true. 
consequently, he studied to be a supervillain and is now G-Girl's nemesis. I'm sorry. It's Dr. Bedlam. I didn't go to 12 years of evil medical school to be called Professor Bedlam. Sorry. <laughs> he contacts Matt to enlist the aid in defeating her. The scene where he's trying to talk to Professor Bedlam in the... Uh, <laughs> the limo and the guy just keeps slapping him. Yeah. <laughs> now look, it's gonna stop with the slapping, all right? Matt refuses and ta- and makes plans to leave the city. As he does, Hannah contacts him. She has broken up with her cheating boyfriend. Oof. <laughs> Caught her in bed with another woman. Uh, actually, maybe two. There might have been three. <laughs> um... Also, you know, who Mark Consuelos is actually married to, like... Isn't that Kelly Ripa? Oh, yeah. Good for you, buddy. Yeah. 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 She's, well done, sir. She's very well pretty. Mm-hmm. They're both, yep. like... The two yeah, of they're, them both, t- they're both incredibly attractive people. Yeah. Clearly. It's ridiculous. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. She has broken up with her cheating boyfriend uh, and confesses their feelings for each other. This is a nice scene. Yeah. Agree. Uh, this is really nice. Um, yeah. They end up sleeping together. Hey, Casey, do you think that's going to turn out well? No. No. No, it sure isn't. I hate you, Matt Saunders. I've said before, but I want to really put it here that Anna Ferris kind of got a name for herself doing the screwball scary movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're not great, and she's fine in them. She, I think she's made to play it a little too arch for my taste. Mm-hmm. But she is effortlessly great in this movie. This scene here where like, he's like, well, I'm the smartest, most beautiful girl that I've ever met. I'm completely and totally in love with you. She's so charming in this movie. Mm-hmm. And again, she's it's that really contrast good. yeah, to when she's playing the wacky. Mm-hmm. And she can do both. She does both. When she's playing that wacky character, like in Just Friends, oh my God, she's brilliant. She's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But she does this so well. Yeah, you know, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but this might be the best moment of my life. So as we thought, this doesn't turn out well. Jenny, as G-Girl, finds them in bed the next day. Uh-oh. Enraged and jealous, she attacks them with a great white shark. Oh, R.I.P. Bruce. <laughs> I love this bit. This bit's just funny. I mean, it, it's ridiculous and silly, and that's totally oh, fine. Scientifically, does not work. That shark's dead halfway through being brought into yeah. Manhattan. Like, Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. No, Do I care? I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Fed up, Matt contacts Professor Bedlam. At his house, he accidentally sees a room in which Bedlam has a shrine showing his secret a continuing adoration of Jenny. I'm sorry. Is this supposed to be cute? Because this is some incel shit that he is doing. This is this is incel. To have that fucking shrine to her? No, thank yeah. you. I don't want her. I don't want uh Barry to end up with Jenny. I'm like, nope, keep Barry as far away from Jenny as possible. Sure. If this was a drama, you're 100% correct. Absolutely. Sure. In and real life, pro- absolutely. Yeah. In in this screwball comedy, sure, why not? Sure, why not? Matt agrees to help him defeat her as long as Bedlam retires from being a supervillain. He must lure Jenny to another meteorite that will draw away her powers. I liked uh Now. I've got something that will totally level the playing field. He opens the refrigerator door. That? The the, the rock? Oh, the ham. It's the rock. <laughs> I feel like that was Eddie uh, ad-libbing the other day. That feels like a Eddie is our joke. Sure, she would, sure. She would definitely be like, no, the ham. <laughs> That's right. The meteorite will draw away her powers, which will leave her as a normal woman. Mm-hmm. 
Matt agrees and meets her for a candlelit dinner at his apartment. Mm. Um, I think we mean Lois Lane's rooftop garden. You know, Miss Lane, you really shouldn't smoke. Let me guess. <laughs> cancer. Mm, not yet. <laughs> it's dark. It's dark in another that's what she. That's what he says. No, I know. I know. Scans her. Oh, how excited are you for that documentary about Christopher Reeve? Yes. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see that. Oh, the answer my is gosh. yes. <laughs> is that his son? The sportscaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Guy that caught, got caught with his gym shorts doing a thing during the pandemic. Oh, was he? Oh, no, really? He oh. had a suit. And he thought oh. he was in frame like I am. Oh no! Oh oh no! He he Donald ducked it. That's fine. That's totally fine. No, he had gym shorts. Yeah, on. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's, listen, I've done a job interview in a shirt and tie and coat and gym shorts. I accepted my salt award in a shirt, tie, <laughs> and uh, shorts because I'm yeah. like I'm I'm not fucking putting on putting, tr- dress pants for a virtual award yeah, show. It's fucking ridiculous. You just got to know you don't stand up. You just crab walk to the side. That's yeah. you just got to know that. Yeah. Matt agrees. Meets her for a candlelit dinner at his apartment under the pretense of wanting to resume their relationship. Hannah arrives to see Jenny sitting on Matt's lap. The two women fight, and in the struggle, Jenny's superhero identity is revealed to Hannah. Bedlam's trap is sprung, and Jenny's power is absorbed back into the meteorite, incapacitating her. I'll say this before we kind of come into this the final act here. I love the fact that this movie's like an hour and a half. Like mm-hmm. it move, it doesn't linger here. We don't have a whole nother like piece at a different time. Like everything happens now, right? Like we get to this point and everything happens, and it just it's, moves it is along nice. nicely. Yeah, like modern comedies tend to have this weird fourth act here that this yeah, one's yeah. like nope fuck it we're getting to the end yep yep we can see the off-ramp from here yep all right so professor bedlam appears but reveals he has no intention of keeping his promise to retire from villainy and in fact plans to take the powers for himself bum, bum, who bum. could have seen this coming <laughs> while he and matt fight jenny crawls to the charged meteorite attempting to regain her powers hannah intervenes just as jenny grabs the meteorite which explodes in a burst of power. Both Hannah and Jenny are catapulted off the roof to their apparent deaths. So, Rain Wilson, who, again, weirdly is not listed anywhere in this plot summary, yeah. so fucking weird, yep. um, reaction to their death is of one of someone who is a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get down there! Oh, man. I think she's dead, Matt. I'm sorry, man. Let her go. We, we got to dig her out. We got to start the grieving process. Are you crazy? Why are you friends with him? It's, yeah. I mean, Jason Alexander in... Shell Hell. Some, Shell Hell. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it's, again, that, like, rotten... That Even rotten like best John friend Candy that makes... in Splash fills this... Oh, sure. Sure. But then redeems himself. Yeah. As the movie goes on, there's no redemption for Rain. In fact, the, the post credit scene that happens, I'm like, I'm sorry, am I supposed to be excited for this character now? You know, rotten You know, rotten people have sex too, Casey. You know, sometimes it's all we have. Just let us know. Oh, Jenny appears with the seconds. Power is restored, threatening even more mayhem. Hannah unexpectedly reappears, having been exposed to a meteorite and gained the same powers as G-Girl. And for some reason, is now a redhead. Sure. Well, 
Jenny's hair color change because she's a brunette originally. She okay. becomes a she becomes a because in high school she's a brunette. Then, then Anna Ferris should have been a brunette. Oh, and then she should have become a blonde because well, the meteor let out yellow stuff. I'll, I would have taken that. It's the fucking um, <laughs> tangled theory there, right? Like oh, the hair color. That's what's tripping you up. That's what's tripping you up. <laughs> no, Todd, lots of things are tripping me up in this movie. All That's right. the thing I'm, I'm pissed about right now. Got it. Got it. Got it. Good to know. Good to know. So she saves Matt and uh, second fight between Han and Hanna. Hanna. Hmm. Hansel. Hansel. <laughs> They're so hot uh, right now. Yeah. A second fight They're between <laughs> a second fight between Hannah and Jenny uh, is now a full-on super brawl, destroying parts of the neighboring properties. Is it a super brawl, or at one point are they just two fucking Warner Brothers Tasmanian devils going at each other? Well, that, but also Rain Wilson's character <laughs> Vaughn says, "Yeah, girl fight." <laughs> oh God, seriously, Vaughn needs to. Uh, Vaughn should have died. I'm just saying. Oh, oh, it's funny. Funny. Uh, So they're destroying neighboring properties. Matt ends the fight at a fashion show by revealing to Jenny that Bedlam loves her and making her realize that he is her true love. She softens and embraces her former nemesis as the spectators cheer, yay, for psychopaths in love? (laughs) Question mark. The next morning. Matt and Hannah meet up with Professor Bedlam, now just Barry, and Jenny. I love Jenny returning his car and Barry's offer to fix it. Look, I can trick it right after you if you want. You know, rocket launches, uh, laser cannons, voice-activated battle armor. He wants to make it evil, and she's yeah. like, that'll just buff right out. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. As cries for help are heard from afar, Jenny and Hannah, now partners in crime fighting, take off to tackle the emergency. Matt and Barry are left holding their girlfriend's purses and clothes and leave to have a beer together. Uh, This ending brought to you by toxic masculinity. (laughs) We're holding purses. Let's go get a beer. I kind of like the song, um, the first song in the closing credits, Rescue Me by Rachel Robinson. Not an artist I was familiar with. I had to do a little digging, but it's a pretty good song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the song She Hates Me that shows up in here, where because this is a PG-13 movie, they have to edit it for radio. She fucking hates me. La, 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 la. Yeah, right. So, Casey. With that, we get some very strange closing credits, because that is movie. And the earth will be our home, and the sky our starry dome. But first, there is, for some reason, an end credit scene where Rain Wilson has bedded the... Is it the bartender from the bar? I think it is. Yes, okay. the, one that, uh, the one that Hannah's uh, boyfriend slept with. I believe that is. And like he's like, oh, it's been two months and blah, blah, blah. It's been things. two years. Two yeah. years, six <laughs> months. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. And so are we supposed to feel bad for him because it's been two years since he had sex? I say no. <laughs> no, I don't think we have to feel bad for him. He, you know, he's a he's a flawed character. That's fucking generous, my friend. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. If for no other reason, he's there to show that it's not just the female character that is flawed, imperfect, full of faults, right? Yeah. And if that just kind of reinforces that this this is not a statement about women, then then he's doing his job. Yeah. 
Um, so that is movie. That is movie. And Todd, of course, like we have for the last 132 episodes, sure. we've got some questions. We sure do. Hey, Todd, who was your favorite character? Oh, it's, you know, so there's, for me, there's so much to love in this movie. I love, I love Jennifer Johnson, G girl. Yeah. I love Matt Saunders. You know, you pick either one of them, but the, you know, uh, Hannah Lewis, Barry, Professor Bedlam, Vaughn. No, not Vaughn. No, don't ever. If 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 you are talking about this movie with a friend and they say <laughs> Vaughn is my favorite character, get that person out of your life. You don't I'm, need that I'm negativity not and toxicity. Vaughn, but in terms of entertaining me in the movie, there's a lot to love there. Sure, but anywhere you look in this movie, I I love this movie. I think it's just delightfully fun. It's got its big flaws, but I you know I didn't sure. hate. I, I enjoyed uh, as always talking about it with you. Um, mine is mine is Hannah. Okay, yeah, totally get that. Totally get that. She's incredibly sweet and charming. 100%. Casey, what is the best scene? Oh, it's the Hannah and Matt profess their love to each other. That's such a sweet scene. That's that's well acted scene. by both of them. I mean, you know, Luke Wilson having sex first with Jenny, later with Hannah in the bed and the way that's filmed and the you know the the bed. I mean, that's hilarious. The shark is funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. so yeah. So, but uh, that is a credibly sweet moment. Your 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 best scene as well. That's yeah. Again, um, yeah. Hey, what's one scene that you would cut? Again, like with credits, it's like ninety six minutes, and it ne- for me, it never felt like it dragged. It moves right along. You know, mm-hmm. sets things up, pays off. There's nothing I would cut here. I would cut her uh, heat visioning the word "dick" into his head because <laughs> a he's she's now causing permanent damage to her his body. Sure. So I'm surprised you didn't talk about her boiling the fish tank. I thought for sure you were going to have a problem with that. That was pretty fucked up. That was pretty fucked up. Sure. Um, I that whole sequence, and especially since like she writes on his forehead and he's covering it. I'm like, well, she wrote "dick." Mm-hmm. Because she can't have written anything else because it's a PG thirteen sure, movie. She couldn't have written "fuckhead," yeah, yeah, or "fuck you." Like when the car was spinning and it said "you," I'm like, "Oh, are we gonna get our one yep. fucking a PG thirteen movie?" And is it gonna be? Nope, nope, nope. You suck. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You suck. Yep. She timed that really well with it spinning out in in space for it to, you know. Yeah. Like he's looking at it like, uh, what does suck? Oh wait, just wait for it to spin yeah. around again. That's right. It'll seconds, totally makes sense. Seconds. Yeah. Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? Uh, I really think it is. Um, I think it's Eddie. I think she's having a, a blast. She likes playing these kind of characters. This is very similar to mm-hmm. her character in uh, the Oceans movies. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, Rain Wilson's got to be having a blast. Sure. You know, I, I, the I, office premiered yet? I can't remember. 2006, yeah, yeah, right. The, oh uh, yeah, it's three years in because it sure. premiered the year after uh, Friends. Uh, 2005, it premiered. Hmm. So, yeah. So, two years after Friends. Oh, I thought it was what picked up the Friends slot. Okay. Any hoozles? Any hoozles? Yeah. Um, but but I, I gotta be honest with you. Other than other than Anna Ferris's story about getting smacked on the ass. I have a hard, I hope, I have a hard time believing that this movie comes off so funny if people are not having fun on set. I'm hoping it is just an outlier. It's still wrong. Sure. Let me let me start there. It's still very wrong that he did that to her. 
I'm hoping it's an outlier, not only in the production of this movie, but Ivan Reitman's entire career. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Nothing else has come out, and it's been a couple years since she said that on a podcast. And if it was true... If it was a pattern I think she of actually behavior, w- you would expect to hear more. Yeah, I think she actually waited until his death oh, to officially announce the name, which... Is that respectful? Is it not? I don't know. He shouldn't have done it. So mm-hmm. I don't, I guess caring about respect has gone out the window. Sure. And it's Anna's choice to tell or not tell that story. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Or when to tell it. Yep. Agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Casey, do you happen to recall from last time what the IMDb rating for this movie was? It's a, like a 5.2. Yep. 5.2. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put it at like a 6.5. Okay. So fine. Again, for me, this is going to be like, what's the context I sit down to watch it? If if I'm looking for something epic or sweeping or, you know, well thought out, I'm not watching this. But if I, (laughs) if I want to have a laugh and in the, in a genre that I love, you know, this is the comedic flip side of the boys, right? Like these are regular human beings, right? With all of our... Mm -hmm human failings and foibles that get superpowers. And so, you know, do women like Jenny exist? Sure. Do guys like Vaughn exist? Sure. And what happens? Do women like Hannah exist? Yes. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, So if I'm sitting down in that context to watch this fun movie, for a a comedy, this is a seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. You know what time we're at? at? And now it's time to pull the next movie from Thor's helmet. Well, I think it's that magical time where you're going to pull a great movie for us to watch. I fucking hope so. I fucking hope so, too. That was me shaking the back. Yeah, got it. Shake, shake, shake. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, this is, okay, this is a oh. 2000... Have I fucking seen this movie? 2000 or 2000 and something? No, 2000. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't oh, like, no. I don't like that sound. <sighs> well, this is James Gunn's first superhero film. Oh, is this there. super? Nope. Oh. Calm down. <laughs> I, I was excited to see. Oh, no. no. The specials? Sure is. Ooh. Now, this has a fucking great cast. Thomas oh. Hayden Church, Jamie Kennedy, Judy Greer, Paget Brewster. Hello, Paget. I love you. Um, Rob Lowe and James Gunn himself is, is uh, in the main cast. Oh, boy. Okay. Does well, this Todd. A, does this get a... Just get a theatrical release. Are we positive about this? I'm looking. Hang on. That's where I was going when when I said so, Todd. Yeah, 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 yeah. The specials. What movie? Where the fuck? Box office release. Box yes, office. It oh no. September. Yep. Thirteen thousand two hundred and seventy-six dollars. Oh. Yeah, it was a limited release, so we're we're watching it. So, oh. Todd, you know what we have to do right now? Oh, we're going to watch a trailer. We sure are. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Meet the specials. Special. It's like being the last sailor in line behind a horn. The seventh best superhero team in the world. As a special, you'll experience all sorts of exotic wonders. We're there for the oddball, the rebel, the outcast, the, the geek. geek. You're a deadly girl. You're flower head. They've made mistakes. Don't pull yet. I'm not gonna pull. Ah! Is that a maxi pad on his face? They've been misunderstood. Are you Minuteman? Minute man. Do I look like a soldier from the Revolutionary War? No. I turn small. Think. With superpowers comes super responsibility, damn it. Mmm, that's clever. Love your outfit. And just when a toy company was about to make them famous, superheroes don't get Oscars, we get action figures. They were screwed. Here comes Mrs. Indestructible. They're the specials. I'm black. I, I think you have vaguely African features. As of today, we are no longer. Tell us what's wrong. What's wrong? Beyond the fact that you're screwing my wife. Now. The stroke broke us apart. Ted, you need therapy. These underdogs must face their fears. You're the one that needs therapy. Fall in love. You want to go back to my place? I'm gay. Mother and find the courage to be heroes in their own special way. Regent Entertainment presents a completely original comedy. I extracted this from an 83-year-old Caucasian man. Here we go again. It's a pretty good one. Rob Lowe, Jamie Kennedy, Thomas Hayden Church, and Melissa Joan Hart. There are no useless specials. <laughs> Except Mr. Smart, he, he's a washer. The specials. Those pants make you look like you don't have any cock. I know that. Huh? Okay. Oh okay. So fuck me. Okay. Uh, you want to take a guess at the IMDb rating for the 2000 the specials? I'm gonna say this is probably in the four range. Five point seven. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Uh, okay. I, I I like that. Yeah. So um, <sighs> we're gonna watch this movie, and um, we sure are. I mean, you're right. It is a pretty impressive cast. Yeah, if nothing else, we'll enjoy performances. He says, hoping that he's not going to eat crow <laughs> next time. <laughs> That's a good like Thomas Hayden Church, Rob Lowe, sure. uh, Paget Brewster. Who, I mean, Paget Brewster. Uh, the main thing she was on, she was Chandler's. She was the girl that Joey was dating. That got it. That then dated Chandler. Oh, she was and on fourteen episodes of Community. She was. She was Frankie. Huh. Okay. Uh, she at the end, um, yeah, I and also as a weird little tech character when uh Annie is trying to get something done and she realizes she has to keep going to different parts of the community college to get things taken care of, and the janitors want all the porn sites to be unblocked. <laughs> and she's like, So, and it, it became a running joke that they kept doing this. Uh, and it's Annie saying, You know, I want you to unblock everything, and Patchett person goes, What do you mean everything? She goes, Ah. Everything. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Well, listen, we're going to see her and a whole bunch of other people, and we'll we'll see how this goes. Yeah, she actually got written off of Friends because she got Criminal Minds. Oh, good and Yeah, she's still playing it. The, the reboot they just did, she was on. Um, but they wrote her character off by cheating on Chandler. And Lisa Kudrow, Courtney Cox, and Jennifer Aniston went to the writers and the producers and said, do not do this to this character. Oh. Do not do this to Kathy, because oh, wow. they loved Paget so much. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, Casey, we've shared a lot of thoughts here on this birthday movie. Um, we sure have. Happy yeah, birthday, buddy. On, yeah, thank you, thank you. If our friends want to share their thoughts with us, how should they do that? Well, uh, all of our social media is right there in the liner notes for the episode. But I'll give you the one, which is you can email us at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only Cap writes letters. Tony. Music for the podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Our mm-hmm. beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So that'll do it for the Superpod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. Be, Be heroic. heroic. Yeah. Commander, where are we? We seem to be stuck in an alternate dimension. And you're no longer a captain, you're a commander. Commander. Dear God, are you a lieutenant? And why are you talking like that? Oh no, I don't I don't know why I'm talking like that. But no, I seem uh, to have no rank! Only the title of Doctor? I don't think there are admirals either. Captain! I mean Commander, I mean. Look, Casey, we are getting a message. It seems we have been tasked with reviewing a historical document entitled Galaxy Quest? Then there's no moment to spare. Engage! I I, I don't think um, Night Shift Radio Legal has cleared usage of engage, so you might want to just dial that back there. All right. Well, then, I guess it's up to us to say, join us over on the Where No Mom Has Gone Before podcast as we review 1999's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. Mom? Mom?